The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. another edition of rediscovering the indies an independent wrestling history podcast i'm chris gello joined alongside jonathan ash hello brought to you by the great bicbp radio network and the podcast precinct right now we're actually recording uh remotely as well as jonathan ash is the busiest man in independent wrestling producing shows all over he's not even at christmas parties because he's producing wrestling Video switching, executive producing, holding camera, he'll do it all. He's a world traveler now. Yes, uh, and I'm available for bookings. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, uh, But uh, we're still getting it out to you, that once-a-month episode. Uh, as you're listening, this will be out uh, a couple days uh, before New Year's uh, Day. So be out that probably that Wednesday, uh, the 29th. So, uh, but yeah, I hope everybody had a happy holiday. And of course, if you want to know more about rediscovering these, you go to RTI pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, tell your friends, subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating. We've, we've gotten some pretty good uh, five-star ratings lately. Give us a review and a rating. And uh, you know, we really appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll get right into it. Today's topic is the Ring of Honor versus CZW feud. And I know that if you're independent wrestling fans of this era, the 2005-2006 era, for me, this is something I was really excited to cover. It's me, something I remember pretty vividly, something that was different and interesting. And this is going to be a fun topic, I think. Yeah, uh, Interpro Show feuds generally never work out but i think this one uh this one did a good job didn't go too long uh used and used talent that both companies knew and recognized so we'll, we'll kind of get right into it here and this is december 19 2005 from the observer ring of honor and czw have worked out a deal for january 14 2006 both along with a third promotion, PWU, Pro Wrestling Unplugged, which features Sam Mann vs. Jake Roberts. We're all running Philadelphia. Ring of Honor got CCW move at show to 3.30, and exchange Ring of Honor champion Brian Danielson will face Chris Hero on the CCW show. So this kind so, of uh, this is kind of a callback to our uh, XPW episode, where XPW tried to run in Philly, and there was all those issues with Ring of Honor and CCW and XPW running on the same day. And we kind of talked about it there where Ring of Honor and CZW kind of put their issues aside to try to screw over XPW, I guess would be the best way to say it. To like to schedule their shows around each other. Um and this is just more of that type of uh that type of partnership here where it's forming where yeah you have ROH, you have CZW both realizing that might be smart not to run against each other. 
And I think there was real competition in 2002 and 2003 between both companies. But then by 2005, 2006, both companies have really, they're, they have a niche. They have a certain audience. Sure, there's crossover, but it's not like Ring of Honor pure style matches are happening all the time at CCW. <laughs> you know, whereas uh, Ring of Honor is not having cage of death matches. No, exactly. And as as we'll see too, uh, CZW most mostly. I mean, for the not only in 2006, but for the majority of their existence, pretty much was in South Philly, you know, Maryland, Jersey, like that area. Uh, Ring of Honor, even by 2006, they're running. Cleveland, Chicago, Dayton, uh, Detroit, Connecticut. I believe they hit Buffalo by then. Yeah, yeah, they hit Buffalo. Uh, when was it? June or July of 2005, I think it was, when they first got out here. Um, I, yeah, I think they had Rochester by that point, too. But yeah, but they're, they're not solely based in Philly at this point, either. Like, they're expanding and they're Philly is a stop for them. It's not their main source of income. And uh, we'll move on to uh, December 26, 2005. And this is from The Observer. And there's a lot of controversy regarding January 14th, where three shows are scheduled in Philadelphia. Frank Talent of the Pennsylvania Athletic Commission on his boxing and wrestling radio show said there is a courtesy rule and that the commission wouldn't allow two shows to go head to head within the same city limits. He said because of it, Pro Wrestling Unplugged show with Jake Roberts versus Sandman would be at 2.30 on January 14th, and that CZW would run an evening show with a no-rope barbed wire deathmatch. Apparently, the commission changes policy regarding barbed wire once they allowed WWE and Hardcore Homecoming to use barbed wire. He said the Ring of Honor situation isn't clear, but he said that they have to run on January 15th. This is a mess, because January 15th would mean they would go head-to-head with a TNA pay-per-view, which means both of its well-known names wouldn't be available. Gabe Sapolsky has also said they're not moving the show to January 15th. The angle shot at the CCW show where Chris Hero challenged Brian Danielson was not for the next CCW show, but a match scheduled for the January 14th Ring of Honor show. Mike uh, Bums, who is booking CCW, did the angle on the CCW show to build for the Ring of Honor show. John Zandig owned CCW was furious about it, partially because he wasn't told about it ahead of time. Uh, Burns, Mike Burns, Burns is no longer going to book CCW. Uh, Zandig was had also an altercation with Michael Pancoast, stemming from all this, according to one report, resulting in a loud argument and eventually shoving Pancoast down a flight of stairs. Although Pancoast wasn't hurt as he grabbed the rail down the, on the way down, Pancoast does the website as well as lots of production, and he's left the company but has an open door to return. So lots to... How, how do you get thrown down a flight of stairs, but you're like, oh, you can come back. <laughs> I think that would pretty much be the end of me working for a company if the promoter pushed me down a flight of stairs. So um, we Dark Side of the Ring, uh, when they were doing their Dark Side of the Podcast, they talked about how they were, you know, wanted to interview Zandig for the Nick Gage episode. And they just talked about the crazy moment they had with him. Like, he basically ran them off his property. <laughs> Like, they never really got to conduct an interview. Uh, seems like he was definitely uh, very unpredictable. Uh, but in one false swoop, he 
his his booker leaves him and then his production guy leaves him too. Yeah, what the ridiculous. <laughs> but uh and then this is interesting too because you know, we're thinking that oh, it's going to be Danielson and Hero CZW, but now Ring of Honor gets it and I'm sure Zandig didn't like that at all. No. And also, just real quick, I don't think this is a rule that any commission enforces anymore, the same city limits at the same time. Because I know we uh, at ESW have definitely ran against another company in the same city at the same time. Well, no. And obviously, Frank Talon said it was a courtesy rule, meaning it's not actually, wasn't actually a rule. Um, it wasn't actually something on the books from what it what it appears like. Like it was something where they, they just didn't want it to happen. It's so crazy hearing all these commission horror stories, Pennsylvania commission horror stories and Philadelphia, because it doesn't seem like they really regulate anywhere else. Philadelphia, they, they put all their focus on that. Uh, moving on to 2006 in the Observer, uh, January 9th, 2006, here's an update on some Philadelphia comedy. Frank Talent of the Pennsylvania State Athletic Commission the past two weeks on his boxing wrestling show said that the January 14th CCW show scheduled for 3.30 would be moved to 8 o'clock because the commission was going to enforce its rules against two events taking place simultaneously in the same city. Another group has the afternoon show scheduled in Philadelphia with Jake Roberts versus Salmon, which is PWU. He also stated that the January 14th Ring of Honor evening show be moved to January 15th. Both CCW and Ring of Honor are adamant about not moving, and both promotions have stated no matter what was said on the radio show, that CCW is at 3.30 p.m. and Ring of Honor is at 8, and neither will screw the fans who have tickets to both shows. People are denying Zandig ever shoved Mike Pankos down a flight of stairs, but Pankos has quit CCW over problems with Zandig. Well, okay then. <laughs> uh, and then January 16, 2006, uh, from The Observer, the deal with Brian Danielson and Chris Heroes is that they will do a street fight on the January 14th CCW show at the ECW Arena in Philadelphia and then come to the Ring of Honor show that night at the Pennsylvania National Guard Armory for a Ring of Honor title match. And honestly, that is really the best of both worlds. You can get there. I mean, a street fight is very CCW-ish. And then, you know, you, then you get a, a, a world title main event. That's a different match than what the CZW fans saw. And I'm sure this specific, this there was a lot of crossover fans at this time, I want to say. There was probably fans of, like, both in the aspect of, oh, I'm going to go to both shows. I mean, meaning that. Yeah. Um, I feel, I feel like, I feel like that's accurate. Um, it's only about 20 miles between the arena and the National Guard Armory. So it's entirely doable. Even in Philly traffic, that I would say takes no more than 40 minutes. Uh, so that's entirely, uh, that's entirely be doable to do a double shot there and the armory man such a such an interesting i've i've been to a ring of honor show at the armory and it's just like there's a lot of parking and it's pretty spacious like they were able to put a lot of merchandise and stuff like that but 
It doesn't. It it doesn't feel like it's in Philadelphia. It's like when you're just going into the city. It seems like. Yeah, it's on the north side of the city, so you don't even enter. Coming from where we are, going from the north, you don't even see the. You don't even see the city. You're just coming straight in, and I think it's more towards like Levittown, more north. Yeah, it used to be right near a Wawa. I remember we got into Philadelphia. This is 2007, I think. I, we ate at the Wawa. And then we went to the show. Just there's Wawa's everywhere in Philly. Everywhere. Um, all right. So if you want to know what happened at that show, here we go. January 23rd, 2006 observer. Uh, the January 14th wars in Philadelphia saw all sides very happy with the result. The PWU show, which featured Jake Roberts pinning Sandman in seconds, drew somewhere between 600 fans. The estimate going around and 750, the number promoter Johnny Cashmere told us. The CCW show, which included the angle for the later Ring of Honor show, did about 500 fans to the ECW arena, which they were thrilled with for an afternoon show. The Ring of Honor evening show drew 825 to the Pennsylvania National Guard Armory, which ended up being more paid than they got in October for Kenta Kobashi. CCW usually draws a teenage fan base that comes to see the sick barbed wire matches. For example, on the show, they had Necro Butcher wrestle a barbed wire match barefoot, and you can figure out all the craziness he did there. Ring of Honor draws mostly guys 18 to 35 who are into seeing four-star matches and now not in, into the characters. On this day, there was more of a crossover. The angle saw Brian Danielson show up at a CCW show as a total heel, saying CCW fans don't deserve a Ring of Honor match. Chris Hero was wrestling him later in the day, attacked him. Several more from Ring of Honor then hit the ring, including Roderick Strong, Nigel McGinnis, and even Gabe Sapolsky before the CCW locker room came out. This led to Danielson defending against Hero in the uh, Ring of Honor main event. Hero came to the ring with Adam Flash, Nate Webb, CCW ref Bryce Remsburg, and Necro Butcher. Butcher got a decent reaction and punched himself in the head until he was bleeding and staggered around like Bruiser Brody. Hero cut an anti-Ring of Honor promo, referred to Sapolsky as Hitler. Match went 32 minutes and 29 seconds, and crowd was vocal early with both pro and anti-hero and CCW chants. Uh, her crowd was quiet in the middle, but came back strong for the finish. They tried to work non-cooperative spots to make it look legit, but that seemed overthinking as the crowd didn't pick up on it. Hero got spots where he out-wrestled Danielson, and he, as he claimed he would, people seemed to want a promotion versus promotion fight instead of a long wrestling match and lagged with the crowd at points. But overall, it was a good match, and that may be better on tape. Um, okay. <laughs> First off, a point I want to make, because I know we have a lot of modern independent wrestling fans that listen to our podcast to kind of know the history. I didn't know a lot about this. Yes, the independent wrestling business is hot right now, and you have a lot of promotions like, you know, Game Changer Wrestling and, uh, you know, Pro Wrestling Gorilla is back and, and, and promotions like that, you know, Northeast Wrestling. Uh, the approaches like that are drawing very well and they're so-called super indies, right? But let's, this is 2006 and three companies in the same city on the same day are drawing 500 plus. That is impressive in 2021 going into 2022. Yeah. I feel like if three shows run in the same city, at the same time, one show may draw really well, but the other don't. No, I fully agree. Um, 
that's impressive for any era for indie wrestling. Yeah, it's, it's so that reading these notes that just like, whoa, that hit me r- r- right away. Now, the angle itself. I do like they do like they do this. And, you know, I brought up in the beginning of the show, the Ring of Honor style was different than the CCW style. And you have different type of fans. And and you could see that's what Danielson and Hero were trying to play off. A little bit of questionable on the Hero promo. <laughs> Calling Gabe Sapolsky Hitler. Uh, that's a, you know, I, I don't know Gabe personally, but I would imagine that's a very unfair comparison. <laughs> to him like yeah i mean 2006 that's par for the course for indie wrestling insults yeah that's that, that that's a rough one um some of you probably don't hear or won't hear uh anymore uh but yeah i i like this and i honestly think this was the perfect time for something like this See, I mean, you got to understand where the wrestling landscape is to, in 2006. And, you know, yes, we're talking early 2006. So ECW hasn't launched as a third brand yet. But WWE's about to launch a third brand in ECW. And they already have Raw and SmackDown. R- TNA's in full swing. Kurt Angle is there. Or no, he's going to be there. Yeah, so Kurt Angle's going to be there the, in 2006. Uh, they, hit, they get their Spike TV deal. Like... It's definitely a great time for the wrestling business in the aspect of like there's it's not just hey it's just WWE going on and only Raw and SmackDown. There's a lot more opportunities, a lot more competition. So when you're Ring of Honor and you're kind of like you're almost think about it. People don't think about this, you know. And granted, this is early 2006, so I'm sure they're only hearing rumblings, but. Once ECW does that touring they do, they're pretty much in direct competition with Ring of Honor. Because TNA's not touring, and they're touring smaller venues in smaller cities. Yeah, ECW ECW did run the arena uh, one time. They were in Jamestown. Not the Ring of Honor in Jamestown, but these little markets that they were running, smaller markets... They were trying to be almost a super indie, even though they were WWE brand, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's basically what NXT eventually became. Yeah. So, so and I think the, they see the wrestling landscape change in Ring of Honor. And they're thinking of something different. And then for CCW, it's a great move. Because Ring of Honor has name value. And it lets them kind of get out of their comfort zone. And not just be the deathmatch fed. Hey, we're more than that. Look at we got guys that could really wrestle like Chris Hero. And I think it it was really a win-win for the time. I don't know if this could have worked in any other year to be honest with you. But 2006 was probably the perfect recipe for it. But uh yeah, so uh we'll, February 6, 2006 from the Observer and and Ring of Honor is doing another joint program with CCW on March 11th, with Ring of Honor doing a 4 p.m. show and CCW doing an evening show, both at the old ECW arena. This is because both CCW and Ring of Honor were surprised how well they drew in a difficult Philadelphia match on January 14th when they ran a joint show of Danielson vs. Hero Angle. 
In fact, one of the biggest things pushed on the weekend shows was an outsider angle with Hero and Necro Butcher as the outsiders, including what was apparently some incredible Jim Cornette promos about how he hates Necro Butcher style of wrestling. Hero and Butcher came to the ring in Dayton holding tickets. They forgot to have them torn, although uh, Butcher apparently realized it and tore his ticket before he waved it later. They were heckling Claudio Castagnoli versus Chad uh, versus a uh, Chad Collier match, and Hero was trying to make it seem real, since he acknowledged he and Castagnoli teamed elsewhere on the Indies, which was Chikara. During the next match, Ace Steel versus Sterling James Keenan, Steel got on the mic and challenged the two to get in the ring. By the way, Sterling James Keenan, Corey Graves. Uh, nowadays, uh, they came in and there was a pull apart as the dressing room emptied. Apparently, the whole idea was to copy the very first ECW appearance on a WWE pay per view show. Cornette came out with a bloody mouth and missing tooth. Uh, the tooth was from a prior non wrestling accident that Cornette and Sapolsky are apparently trying to turn into a mystery, and it's not revealed who did it to him. And cut a promo on both. He ripped on why garbage wrestling has ruined the sport and ripped on CZW, challenging the whole promotion to show up at the ECW arena on March 11th for a fight. Hero wasn't there that night uh, since he was booked for Rob Feinstein. Which uh, PW Elite. PW Elite. They ran oh. Boomtown, Boonton, Jersey. Uh, to about 150 people. Uh, so. But Butcher came to Cleveland, and he showed up after Adam Pierce's win over Jay Fury. It's probably a guy you forgot uh, was in Ring of Honor. And brawled with Pierce. And the locker room emptied again for a pull-apart. Cornette did another promo in this one. Cornette claimed that he lost a, his tooth in a brawl with some guys from a crappy hardcore company at the Dayton show. Cornette told Butcher that he calls himself a butcher, but he can't even beat his own meat. Oh, my God. Okay, Cornette took off his jacket, but Pierce got in front of him, saying the wrestlers would handle it. Apparently, the Cornette promos were the best ones in wrestling in a long time. The dressing room emptied, and Butcher was ejected. Both January 27th and date and January 28th, including, drew roughly 550 fans, which basically means the events were profitable even before DVD sales. Uh, Jim Cornette, he, he's, he's always been Jim Cornette, huh? <laughs> Yeah, uh, his comments, um, they don't get any better as we go on. And, and here's the thing about Cornette. Um, whether you like or hate Cornette, somebody like him, at least, needed to be in this angle with the CZW. I mean, with the Ring of Honor, like, banner, as far as a mouthpiece. You know, 2006 at this time, like, Brian Danielson is probably already one of the best wrestlers in the world. But he wasn't known for, like, riveting promos. Not like he is now, where he's the top promo guy. And I can't think of many people in Ring of Honor at that time who really could have led this other than like a Jim Cornette. Not saying it had to be Jim Cornette, but you needed that type of traditionalist waving the Ring of Honor banner. Yeah, uh, definitely. You needed someone. You had Chris Hero on the other side. You need someone that could go toe-to-toe with him on the mic. Cornette probably was their best choice at that point. Adam Pierce could have been but i don't know if like he was at that level at that point um gabe obviously wasn't going to do it so and, and and pierce is a heel too so he's he's just going to be a face cuz they're feuding with czw the tell you be the top guy you know yeah it would mess up it it would just mess up what he's doing at his angle 
at least Cordette was in the position where he could he could be involved in this CZW thing. It's not actually affecting anything else he's doing on the sh- on the shows. Now, uh, this is from the February 18, 2006, Pro Wrestling Torch. We got a lot of Pro Wrestling Torch in this one. Uh, Ring of Honor booker Gabe Sapolsky t- tells Pro Wrestling Torch that several factors contributed to the strong attendance for Ring of Honor's January 14th event had it h- held in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I think it's a great example of having something that captured the fans' attention with the whole Chris Hero situation, he says. The fact that indie wrestling is stronger than ever and also... What can happen when promotions such as us and CZW last Saturday work together to benefit the fans? And that's the thing. I mean, this is definitely, it's benefiting the fans. Because now you're going to go to Ring of Honor show and go, what CZW guys are going to show up? You know, I know, you know, Hero and, and, and Butcher were in Dayton and Cleveland. And then if you're a ticket buyer for CZW, you're like, well, Ring of Honor's got to retaliate. So it's creating interest in the live events, which in 2006, besides DVD sales, that was the bread and butter for these companies. All they had was live events and, and, and DVD sales. Yeah. Um, it was definitely helping on DVD sales as well. But yeah, like you're, they're trying to trying to pop a house here. Like it's, it's obviously working, at least, at least in the short term. But again, the, the question... The question that comes up later on too, like, is this actually working everywhere? Is it is it's only working in Philly because CZW is a Philadelphia company? I mean, it it looks here, you know, the fans probably didn't really know that Hero was going to be there, but it really kind of looks like it works in Dayton and Cleveland as far as the interest. Those are good houses, five fifty yeah. apiece in two thousand six. Um. In the February 18, 2006, uh, I'm sorry, February 25, 2006, Pro Wrestling Torch, Ring of Honor ran a angle last week when Chris Hero shut down the Ring of Honor message board and directed people to visit CZW's message board. This might be my favorite thing in the angle. And I say that because this is the, this is the real genesis of the internet wrestling community. And the so-called smart fans, really the fan base that AEW was pretty much built on the last couple of years, very internet savvy people, you know, they find forums. Now it's Twitter, but it was at one time, it was message boards. And he knows by doing this, he's going to trigger not a small, but probably a large group of Ring of Honor's fan base. Yeah, um, all internet savvy fans. It it definitely uh, it was it definitely struck a nerve at that point in time. It's and it's something different, you know. And then it, it's something too that like, you know, I think fans go, "Wow, like, I can't believe they did this." Maybe this is a little bit more real than I think, you know, because I I laid it on the beginning of the show. These are two different types of companies. It's almost weird that they're working together. Maybe there's some real animosity. It makes fans really think that. And uh, when you see somewhere, you go to your Ring of Honor message board and it's turned into the CZW or you, you get redirected. Like, that's 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 just, that's really good, man. Companies should be doing that with Twitters now. Next time somebody opens the forbidden door. <laughs> like, oh, no, I got redirected to their Twitter. 
It it, um, it also it also gives out that feeling where the smart fans know it's a work, but also in their mind they're like, well, these guys really the CCW guys really don't like Ring of Honor and guys and vice versa. So it it's a it's a storyline, but they could be stiffing each other. They they could be this could turn into a shoot. And in today's wrestling, that's all you can ask for. That yep. you're not going to have fans for the most part. They're going to believe it's real, but you can make them believe that there is animosity and something could turn into a shoot. And uh, we kind of really see that angle really get heated up here uh, from the March 8, 2006 Observer. Ring of Honor's fourth anniversary show took place on February 25th in Edison, New Jersey, before 850 fans, which is very close to the same crowd that they drew for Kenta and now Mochi Marafuji the last time in this building. The show featured more of the Ring of Honor vs. CCW feud. It uniquely started, it started uniquely as Chad Shaft, a well-known CCW front row fan who's been involved in angles with the promotion before, was at the show heckling a student's match with Derek, but I'm assuming this is Bobby Dempsey. Um, or do they also have a Derek Dempsey? They might have had two Dempseys now that I think about it. I am not actually sure. And Rick Titus, which would be Rat Titus, versus Smash Bradley and Jason King. Uh, this led to the wrestlers going out in the ring and the stands to jump shaft. Uh, shaft was thrown out of the building by students, security, and Gabe Sapolsky. Mark and Jay Briscoe returned and won a three-way over Tony Mamaluke and Sal Bernaro and Jason Blade and Kim Mikazi. Uh Adam Pierce won a four-corners match over Claudio Kisiglione, Jay Fury, and Azriel. Okay match with Pierce being the focal point as a heel. Samoa Joe pinned Jay Lethal with a, lethal, uh, with a mus- muscle buster. Christopher Daniels went to a no contest with B.J. Whitmer and Angle, and Daniels just had orthoscopic knee surgery. It wasn't close to 100%, so they basically... Hit it by shooting the angle with his match right away. About five minutes in, Chris Hero, Necro Butcher, CCW Booker, Maven Bentley, and Shaft hit the ring and attacked both men. Ring of Honor sent the preliminary guys and they were beaten down. Hero was on the mic insulting the promotion until the f- uh, and the fans until Joe came back out. Joe started pounding on Hero and another brawl erupted, ending with Ring of Honor clearing house with Austin Aries and Roderick Strong left in the ring with the Briscoes. The Briscoes then turned on Aries and Strong to set a new tag title program. Homicide and Cole Cabana were out there in the brawl. As everything left in the ring, they started their ghetto fight match. Cabana blood like crazy. Homicide choked him out with a hanger. The ref called for the bell, and but Cabana yelled at the ref saying he never submitted and that they would have to kill him to win. They kept going until Homicide, Julius Smokes, and Ricky Reyes tied Cabana to the turnbuckle with tape and were beating on him. The ref stopped the match and untied Cabana. Cabana then screaming that Homicide was a, we'll say, MFR, uh, but he didn't say that, <laughs> said that Nelson Jr., Homicide's son, was going to learn that his daddy was a pussy. Um... These are Cole Cabana's words, folks. Uh, Cabana, (laughs) not mine. This is what he said in in the match. Uh, Cabana was bleeding like crazy, or at least what Dave's reporting. Cabana was bleeding like crazy. Homicide came back out, and Cabana, as Cabana set up a powerbomb onto a table, Smokes poured rubbing alcohol in Cabana's eyes. I can't believe what I'm reading here, (laughs) Ash. I gotta watch this match. 
Homicide Powell drove Cabana through the table, and the ref stopped the match again, this time for good. Homicide said that he and Cabana would settle their feud on April 11th in Chicago. The idea behind this is that they felt they needed to break Cabana out of his comedy and entertainment role and have him been a more serious main event player. There's definitely a thought to push the non-TNA guys harder than what happened a few weeks ago when Gabe Sapolsky said, or he took his wake-up call. Although Sapolsky has said he is no negative interaction whatsoever with TNA since the incident. Because Jack Evans was late arriving from Japan, he was working Dragon Gate, and his flight schedule for seven ended up three hours late, He they had to send Bobby Dempsey and Mitch Franklin out to fill time. Brian Danielson beat Jimmy Rave in about 30 minutes to keep the Ring of Honor title as Evan... An, an Evan Tanner UFC finish. Danielson mounted Rave and just unloaded with elbow after elbow until the ref stopped it. The con- this continues Danielson's gimmick of winning in a different way every time, and that was another strong match. Uh, Ricky Reyes beat Jack Evans with a dragon sleeper. He was rushed to the building and wasn't even wearing his gear and seemed a little off as he didn't have time to warm up. Crowd seemed to understand. Sloppy with one botched spot and two crazy dives. One it was said to be really scary. Main event was Aries and Strong keeping the tag titles over AJ Styles and Matt Seidel in the best match of the show. There was a uh, FTNA chant when Aries and Strong came out. Aries pinned Seidel after a 450 splash, and they all shook hands. The Briscoes attacked Strong and Aries again with a double-team J-Driller pile driver on Strong. Styles and Seidel ended up saving Aries and Strong. As evidenced by that angle, the Briscoes are going to be pushed into their top level. Jay Lethal was no longer being booked. Lethal just turned 20, took it well, and was told that the door is open for him to do business again in the future. But Sapolsky felt he didn't want to spend time pushing him to be a new star when he can push someone who's not under a TNA contract. In an attempt to stop reliance on using many TNA guys, the feeling is Joe and Daniels are top guys, but Lethal isn't any more over than someone who could be put in the same position that isn't under TNA contract. It's uncertain how long AJ Styles will be used, but he's booked on the most upcoming shows. Homicide will still be used, but they don't know the long term of the LAX gimmick. Next show is March 11th at the ECW Arena at 4 p.m. before a CCW show, so they'll continue the promotion versus promotion angle. Main event is Danielson versus Alex Shelley for the Ring of Honor title and Joe versus Daniels versus Cabana. So a lot of those final matches didn't really have a lot of the CCW feud, but this just kind of shows how stacked Ring of Honor was at the time. Um, yeah, and it also, uh, I think it also showed that, uh, explaining that Lethal's done, AJ Styles might be done soon, and it kind of shows where Ring of Honor is going, and it kind of shows that they kind of need CZW during this time. They needed the star power because they're ready, to, they're losing some guys, and as Gabe wasn't too sure about Homicide, if he was going to lose Homicide or not, so you needed that extra star power to continue on into 2006. And this is also to pay attention to this because some of these CCW guys are going to become ring of honor regulars. And they almost use this angle as a scouting. Oh yeah. You know what? We really do like this guy. We should bring him in. You know what? This guy's pretty good too. This angle was almost used as scouting for ring of honor as they kind of needed to, you know, refresh the roster with, you know, a lot of the TNA guys leaving or being let go. Um, one thing I do want to, because he was mentioned and uh, he was such a big part of independent wrestling history, you know, it was sad to hear the news of Jimmy Rave's passing. Um, you know, 
we here at Rediscovering Under Zash and myself, we do send condolences to his family and friends. I know he helped a lot of wrestlers out uh, over the years, and uh, it, it was a sad one to hear. So young, and he's such a, you know, reading these results and going over a lot of topics, Jimmy Rave is in a lot of them. So uh, just kind of wanted to address that, that it was sad news to hear. Uh, and Jimmy Rave's impact on independent wrestling will never be forgotten. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. All right. Um, and really just kind of to wrap up this part here, uh, the, uh, the Briscoes, like, it's weird that they, they're turning the Briscoes heel while you're going to have a whole stable of heels coming in, you know? Yeah. I, I do find that interesting. Um, another thing I want to mention too, is there was a lot of swear word for chance and everything and all this. And the ring of honor fan base wasn't always like that. <laughs> Some of those CZW fans are kind of mingling in, <laughs> you know, they're used to saying it every chance and, uh, they're kind of do- also too. I, it was cause this was a long diatribe from Dave. We didn't really talk about this. The fan getting involved with an angle physically. Yeah, someone's someone's idea of trying to make it look even more real. Like, hey, let's let's bump the fan. They're super yeah, bad. Not, they're gonna be fine with it. It's not like Hack Eye was out there with the ECW guys invading Raw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's Hack Guy. I I I just I I find. Did Chad Shaft? You know what? I wonder if he actually worked. Let's see here. I'm I'm just intrigued by this. If he was a fan, but he was also, yeah, nothing. He he does not have a cage match. Yeah, no. Uh, and Derek so. Dempsey is not Bull Dempsey. It's someone entirely different. Well, no, I was thinking it was Bobby Dempsey with the wrong name. You know how Dave does oh, that. Oh, Bobby. Oh, yeah. No, no, it's it's a different so. guy. So they had two Dempseys at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I, like I knew, like I knew there was a Bobby Dempsey. Obviously, um, I felt like Derek Dempsey sounded familiar, but I wasn't hundred percent sure because this is that student era. Also, Hagedorn is in that group, as well as uh, Alex Payne, and um, oh, who's the lumberjack guy? Oh, Grizzly, Grizzly Redwood. Who I think that that is Mitch Franklin. And there was also Ernie Osiris. Oh, uh, and who I, I know I'm missing a big oh Pe- Pele friend of the show, Pele Primu. Yeah. Um he was also involved uh with with the Ring of Honor school and that group of students that would always be in like pre show matches. And they some of them got into the stables when they did stable wars in a couple of years here. All right, here, uh, we'll move on to March 13, 2006 from The Observer. The March 11 doubleheader at the ECW Arena with Ring of Honor in the afternoon and CCW at night includes an interpromotional match on the CCW show with Ruckus, the CCW Heavyweight Champion, and Eddie Kingston and Joker, the CCW Tag Champs, against Austin Aries and Roderick Strong and Matt Seidel. Necro Butcher vs. BJ Whitmer was also added to the show. Uh, Ruckus... Real quick here, because we haven't talked about it much on this show. Ruckus, probably one of, if not the most underrated uh, wrestlers in independent wrestling history. 
Um, he should have got more opportunities. Uh, you know, and I know he's still somewhat active, but he definitely should have got more opportunities. This is prime ruckus and, and uh, just, I saw his name on the results there and I just, I have to bring that up. I was a huge ruckus fan at this time. Uh, March 18, 2006 is from the pro wrestling torch. Austin Aries tells pro wrestling torch that he thinks the angle between ring of honor and CCW will benefit both companies. The angle looks good. He says the fans were super hot for it and it'll be good for the Philly market for sure. Regarding working in CCW Aries never believed it would happen. No, I don't think I ever be working for CCW. He says they tried to bring me in right after my two falls third match with dragon, but we couldn't come to terms on pay. And in the end it wasn't, I wasn't really happy with the way they treated me during the negotiations. I should note that the person who handled the deal isn't with them anymore. Uh, regarding his match in CCW last Saturday as part of the double header with Ring of Honor at the former ECW Arena, Aries enjoyed the main event of the CCW card. This time around, everything was fine. Sands of little pieces of glass all over the ring and the floor during her match, he says. Uh, hopefully they'll run with this angle for a while because it has legs and will benefit everyone in the end doing it right. It, ha- it had to have been Mike Burns that, that tried to previously uh, previously book him there. All right, this is from the March 20, 2006 Observer here. And uh, it was Ring of Honor. There was a Ring of Honor CCW doubleheader on March 11th uh, at the arena um, built around the promotion versus promotion angle. Now, this place was filled with CCW fans for the Ring of Honor show. BJ Whitmer early in the show called out Necro Butcher, who didn't come out. Roderick Strong pinned Jimmy Yang, which was a well-worked match that the CCW fans basically shouted down and got in, on Strong's case. Whitmer came out a second time to call out Necro. He came out and the two started brawling. When Super Dragon debuted on a Ring of Honor show and joined him with the Butcher and beating up Whitmer until the Ring of Honor students and the Briscoes, Ring of Honor heels, made the save. Austin Aries pinned Matt Seidel with a 450. Very good match ending with the Briscoes attacking Aries until Strong made the save. Seidel said that he and AJ Styles, who wasn't there, wanted the Briscoes on the 100th show for Ring of Honor. The rest of the show contained a little, a lot of stuff stalling as they were waiting for Samoa Joe to arrive after wrestling in Cuad Madero the night before. After a couple of matches, they went to the Ring of Honor title match with Brian Danielson versus Alex Shelley. Danielson did a long heel promo before the match, again trying to kill time. He said that he was the greatest technical wrestler ever to work the ECW arena and then mentioned that he was better than Jericho, Malenko, Guerrero, and Benoit. He also said that the crowd was classless, doing so many vulgar chants when there was a five-year-old girl in the crowd. Then the five-year-old girl flipped off Danielson with both hands, which sounds so wonderful as the crowd chanted, she's hardcore. Danielson then threatened to backhand her and her mother. Some people heckled them early because they started so slow, but Shelly ripped on the audience to a uh, shut the F up and let me wrestle. The match went 32 minutes and 57 seconds, best on the show, ending with Dragon reversing a uh, Sharanawi into a cattle mutilation and doing a cradle out of the move in a really cool-looking finish. Joe still wasn't there, so they announced Cole Cabana versus Christopher Daniels versus Joe three-way would be a singles match. Crowd wasn't happy about this. Cabana scored the clean pin uh, in a match they people weren't into. That Joe then showed up and had a short match with Cabana, working two minutes and 44 seconds in his street clothes with Joe winning. A fan threw a toilet paper at Joe. Joe looked at who did it, and the kid takes credit for it. Joe jumped the rail, grabbed the guy, 
who looked like he was going to pee his pants and then just handed him to a security guard. Whitmer came out and challenged anyone from CCW. A whole bunch of CCW wrestlers hit the ring after Joe and Whitmer. More Ring of Honor students as well as Generation Next came out, but they were a bit overwhelmed as the entire CCW roster hit the ring and destroyed Ring of Honor guys. The wife beater got rid of Joe using a weed whacker. Whitmer was tied to the ropes and Zandig stapled his head and stomach and spray painted CZW on his back. CZW guys ripped down all the Ring of Honor signs. Uh, well, they had to come down anyway since CZW had a show immediately following. And then they spray painted CZW on the Ring of Honor logo. Justice painted Nick Gage challenged anyone in the stands to a fight and ran into the stands. In highlights of the CZW show that drew 700 fans, Whitmer came down and helped Kevin Steen beat Super Dragon. Steen had gone on the mic before his match and begged Ring of Honor to take him back because working for CZW is miserable. Necro Butcher ran in for the save, but Whitmer puts his foot in a chair and then stomped a chair, setting up Steen and Whitmer and Dragon and Butcher. The main event was Aries and Strong representing Ring of Honor beating Ruckus and... Uh, or Aries Strong and Seidel, sorry, representing Ring of Honor, beating Ruckus, Necro, and Eddie Kingston. When Seidel pinned Kingston after a shooting star press, Necro had his leg in a cast to give the CCW partisan audience their out. Zandig and Lobo and the Hate Club ran into the ring and chased the Ring of Honor wrestlers out and then yelled at Kingston for losing their match for CCW on their home turf. Zandig said that Ring of Honor had better watch out on its Hunter show and then on April 22nd in Philadelphia. Uh, the idea for the show at the National Guard Armory is the usual Ring of Honor building Philly is to have one side of the building reserved for Ring of Honor fans and the other side for CZW fans. When this angle started, Gabe Sapolsky told me that they were going to do it right and not have the more well-known company book it for ego so it draws money short-term and then it's over, though I didn't think he expected the angle to end up as strong it's turning out to be. The one side of the building for fans at each company has potential. The fans on both the CW Ring of Honor sides are taking this very big, as described as the Ring of Honor fans were very arrogant in expressing that CZW was beneath Ring of Honor, and that the CZW fans were there to have a good time and be outshouted by the Ring of Honor fans on their own show. There were, there were even some racist remarks around the Ring of Honor fans who left after the afternoon show were yelling derogatory remarks about CZW to the people waiting in line for the CZW show. Christian Cage is booked for one day on May 12th in Philadelphia. Um, I don't know why I left the Christian thing in there. Just Yeah. It's random. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, he was going to be a Ring of Honor, so yeah. uh, it's in this time frame. So, yeah, I mean, the fans are taking it seriously, which probably made the was what made the angle successful. Maybe take... Definitely taking it too far by some of the things that, that Dave reported here. But the fans are into it. There is this, there's almost this hatred between these two fan bases. And that's what's kind of making the angle. But just reading all this, Ash, this just is so brilliantly booked. And it wasn't one of those things that where it looked like, okay, Ring of Honor has a certain style, a certain type of worker. They're only we're only going to see CZW guys in this angle that can work that style. But boom, they're they're putting everybody over. Wife beater, Nick Gage, the the, the Justice Payne, like Zandig. <laughs> I think that might be the biggest shock to me is that they integrated everybody in the angle that that they could here. Yeah, and if you look at the results for that. CZW show there's a lot of guys on that show that 
either worked Ring of Honor before or after or were at that level. You have Sanjay Dutt, you have Jigsaw, Steen, Super Dragon, uh, Cheech, Cloudy, Ruckus, Eddie Kingston. Like, there was a lot of guys that were at that level. So it wasn't really, like Dave said and like Gabe said, it wasn't like one fed that's better trying to elevate another fed. They're both perceived, at least in Philly, as as equals. And these were a ton of guys that would be on the Ring of Honor roster in the next couple of years. Uh, and like I said, I think it was a big scouting thing for, for Ring of Honor. I think this is kind of where they, they really hit their niche where, hey, we can't really rely on the TNA guys anymore. And boom, this feud really led to the, a lot of futures of, of Ring of Honor uh, wrestlers. And I, I think one of my favorite things, too, is the Kevin Steen angle. Uh, please take me back. Like in the midst of this, it's, it's absolutely perfect. The, like he's begging to, to, to wrestle for ring of honor while he's on a CW roster. Yeah. Not even involved in the angle. Just like, Hey, just please bring me back. Hey, you guys are here to yeah, bring me back. Um, and then very NWO, it's a nice invasion with the painting on the signs and all that. And, and that's the thing. If you're those fans that wanted to go to, that went to both shows, it's like, oh man, like a oh, ring of honor has to retaliate. And, that, and that's the thing. They, 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 it, it was predictable in a good way. If that makes any sense. Like, oh, wow, this is getting, this is getting really great. I, I can't wait to see what happens next. Cause something's going to happen. That's kind of the approach that, that I think the fans kind of, kind of realize there. And also being in the same building helped it too, because you're probably going to get a lot of the same fans going to both. Uh, we got some more, uh, let's see here. So not going to kind of really read down the res- I don't think we have to read down the results uh, of really the rest of what was on those shows. It's, you, it kind of paints a nice picture there uh, of what was, uh, what was kind of going on at that time. Um, March 12th, uh, or March 25th, sorry, 2006, Pro Wrestling Torch Ring of Honor will be opening up a side of the venue for CCW fans for the April 22nd event in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which is set to feature a Ring of Honor versus CCW tag match. Team Ring of Honor will feature Samoa Joe, BJ Whitmer, and Adam Pierce. We also now have April 3rd, 2006, Observer. March 25th, New York, Ring of Honor, 1,050 fans. Uh, Jimmy Rave uh, beat. Pele Primo, Allison Danger won a four-way over Lacey, Daisy Hayes, and Mercedes Martinez. Chris Hero and Necro Butcher uh, beat Jason Blade and Kid Mikazi. Hero, no contest with Adam Pierce. Christopher Daniels beat Alex Shelley. Uh, and pure title, Nigel McGinnis beat Claudio Castellinoli. Uh, Austin Aries beat Ricky Reyes via DQ. Roger Strong and Jack Evans beat Mark and Jay Briscoe. And Kenta and Aramuchi Marafuji beat Samoa Joe and Brian Danielson. Um, but if you look at this, Chris Hero and Necker Butcher, boom, they're right in the midst of that card. This is a card that didn't have a lot of the angle going on. And they're just beating, you know, lower card guys. Nothing against Kim Mikazi and Jason Blade, but they're lower card guys at the time. Yeah, and they really didn't do too much to further the feud at that point. But they're just keeping it in everyone's mind, especially running... Uh, running in New York, trying to trying to bring the feud up up there. Uh, April seventeenth, two thousand six. Uh, by the way, those results are that was I believe from Cage Match. Um, April uh, seventeenth, two thousand six. Here, uh, 
from the Observer, Ring of Honor. Brian Danielson will be replacing Austin Aries as the head coach of the company's Philadelphia Training School this month. The big weekend with a hot show on March 30th in Detroit before 550 fans, which is more than they were expecting for a Thursday night show. Still, it does show a TNA vs. Ring of Honor comparison as the TNA show, which had much more advertising than it should be noted, did 3170 paid two weeks earlier. And that's what TNA never even once mentioning or plugging the show on their own TV since they sold the show and wasn't going to financially benefit from any extra tickets sold. The show opened with Colt Cabana saying he couldn't wait until later the show and wanted a match with Homicide right now. Homicide beat him in a false count anywhere match when Cabana was stuck in between a ladder and Homicide gave the ladder a, uh, a hard chair shot. Short match and Cabana, Cabana acted like he was not silly. Ricky Reyes beat Jack Collier with a choke. BJ Whitmer pinned Jimmy Jacobs in their grudge match. Whitmer went to powerbomb Jacobs off the top and both slipped and fell off. Whitmer did a good job in protecting Jacobs on the bad fall. Everyone thought both guys were seriously injured, but they got up and finished the match. Whitmer's angle is really hurting the rest of the weekend, and he's getting it checked out this week. Whitmer uh, said uh, when Jacobs wouldn't shake his hand afterwards, you won't shake my hand after what we just did. Ryo Saito pinned Jimmy Yang with a dragon suplex. Alex Shelley and Jimmy Ray beat Brian Danielson and Delirious when Shelley pinned Delirious after a low blow and a Shiranali. Now, after Claudio pinned Shan Hangador, both Chris Hero and Necro Butcher showed up. Hero asked Castellanoli, his usual tag partner in the Indies, to join him on the CZW side. Whitmer hit the ring and was beaten down. Hero asked uh, Claudio um, to attack Whitmer, but instead he saved Whitmer and cleaned house. AJ Styles and Matt Seidel beat Dragon Kid and Jenki Haraguchi when Styles pinned Haraguchi after Styles Clash. Excellent match and apparently worth going on your way to see. That was followed by an even better match with Shima and Naruki Doi and Masada Yoshino over Austin Aries and Roderick Strong and Jack Evans. Uh, main event saw Christopher Daniels pin jo- Samoa Joe after three moonsaults. Necro and Hero hit the ring. Now, Danielson was going after them, but Allison Danger talked him out of it, and they left. Hero then bragged that he'd beaten everyone in Ring of Honor. Joe got up and looked mad. Necro and Hero double-teamed Joe until Whitmer made the save with a sick chair shot on Necro that split the seat of the chair in half. Hero was thrown out of the front door while Necro was taken to the back by security. Joe recovered saying he didn't care about the CZW Ring of Honor war, but he said this was a wake-up call and declared war in CZW, ripped on John Zandig, called him a coward and a fat piece of shit, and told him that the CZW guys to bring all the weapons they want. I've written something like this before a few times, but TNA needs to take more of an interest in what a talent does in indie shows. <laughs> Interesting take from day there. WWE would never allow its uh, top people to do jobs, even if they would allow them to work indies, which they really didn't expect for rare exceptions. But I know in instances that the recent Punk appearance was one where an even o- an OVW guy wasn't allowed to do a job if he appeared. If Joe didn't have a winning streak gimmick, it wouldn't really be a big deal. But they had to trumpet that streak, and Joe is over, but the streak isn't over at all. I'm not saying doing a job on the show for Daniels is the reason why the streak hasn't been over for months, or even that the few other jobs he's done elsewhere is the reason. But to me, you've got to protect your storylines or why do them. If it was up to me, I wouldn't allow Daniels or Joe to job a ring of honor, at least until Joe's streak is up and Daniels no longer has the belt. If they're against each other at this point, you'll either change the booking or go to the time limit. And even then, it would be hard in line after. Uh, But I wouldn't allow that with your office approval to make sure it doesn't contradict the storyline. 
Um, and uh, let's see here. I'm going to kind of skip because there's a lot of TNA stuff here. I do want to say this, though. Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins and Johnny Fairplay both attended the April 1st show in Chicago. Uh, that's just an interesting note to kind of a callback of the last episode we just did here. <laughs> Um, but next show, April 22nd in Philadelphia is built around CCW versus ring of honor with Joe Pierce and Whitmer, if available versus hero butcher and super dragon, plus a debate with Cornette versus John Zandig and Danielson versus Cabana for the ring of honor title. Evans will be uh, gone for the next three months as he's going on extended tour with dragon gate. Sadal is also going there, but not as long. Um, so I know there's a lot here. First off, we have ring of honor CCW in the midst of all this. We got dragon gate as well. Yeah, multiple Dragon Gate talents on this show. You know, being involved, you know, not involved with the angle, but being involved with these shows. Um, I don't agree with Dave's assessment of the Samoa Joe streak. I was watching TNA at this time as well. I was watching this Ring of Honor CCW feud at the time. And it's almost like two different worlds. And what I mean by that is, like, for example, like you could watch a Batman movie, but then Batman's also in, you know, a Flash TV show, right? You're not treating it like, oh, well, Batman can't look like a fool in this Flash show because he's got this movie. <laughs> and I don't think TNA fans were like, ah, Samoa Joe was letting CGW guys, you know, beat him down and get one up on him. And Daniels was going to beat him and and beat them. Like, I don't think TNA fans were like talking like that. I think, I think the streak was over the undefeated streak. And it led to that Kurt Angle match. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that's the old style of thinking of guy can't do a job anywhere. When again, the fans that followed TNA for the most part were smart fans and they understood that. Um, the way that I take it, I don't remember where I've heard this, but I heard an explanation once um, that look at it as each promotion is a different universe. And that's how you could justify someone working as a serious wrestler in TNA, but also doing a comedy gimmick in Shikara or selling for a comedy gimmick in a place like Shikara where it's a different universe. It's a different style and each wrestler adapts to that style and that performance. Yeah, and I don't know, like, like I said, uh, I think Joe, and also Joe being involved with this angle, it really, like, it, I mean, they awoken Ring of Honor's badass. And, and I think I think it's great. I mean, and the fact that, like, Joe and Zandig are, are getting involved in, in something, <laughs> like, it's... It's really a love letter to independent wrestling fans because it's letting them get all worlds. And, and and that's why, you know, we real big reason why we picked this show was because it really was a love letter to independent wrestling fans. That's what this podcast is. And with Ring of Honor, you know, we don't know the future of Ring of Honor in 2021 going into 2022. It's, it's good to step back and remember the great times. And this was a great time for Ring of Honor. And this was a fun angle. And you can see their talent roster for the next five years really came out of this angle. Multiple members, so. Um, 
But uh, also, it looks like also from that observer here, uh, when Russell while WrestleMania, let's see here, was the big show of the year. The best matches and best wrestling of the weekend in Chicago was in Chicago was like the ring of honor shows the two nights before. And these, this is the famous dragon gate ring of honor, all that. But what I do want to bring up here from this observer, I kind of skip out a little bit. Uh, plus you had more chapters of the ring of honor, CCW hardcore feud with the run-ins by Chris hero and necro butcher and the ring of honor promo work by Jim Cornette. The first night opened up with a Cornette promo claiming he was keeping a baseball bat with him at all times. Cause he hated hardcore wrestling. I know there's an irony there. He brought out two small guys in masks, one wearing a CCW shirt and the other holding a plastic container and had Samoa Joe and Adam Pierce destroy them. They started a feud with Ricky Reyes and Delirious out of a four-way, which also included Flash Flanagan uh, from IW Puerto Rico and Shane Hagedorn. Uh, let's see here. I'm just going to kind of skip to the series. CCW Invasion started after Homicide uh, put Cole Cabana's head in the ladder and destroyed a ladder with chairs. Cabana was being... Uh, held or sorry, Cabana was being helped to the back. Hero and Butcher came out and ran down Ring of Honor. Pearson and Claudio came out to fight with them. Butcher gave Pierce a Russian leg sweep off the apron through a table. Cornette ran out with his baseball bat and hit Butcher before Hero tackled him and put Cornette in an arm bar until BJ Wimmer and Samoa Joe came out. All the Ring of Honor students hit the ring and chased Hero and Butcher out. Uh, Hero started throwing chairs from the crowd. Unfortunately, this wasn't planned, and a chair KO'd a ringside photographer, and she was out the rest of the show. Um, the next night, and like I say, folks, I'm not reading everything from the Observer there. I am trying to skip around uh, just so we don't kind of just keep repeating stuff that really doesn't have substance to the topic. Trying to skip around to the Ring of Honor CCW spot. Obviously, during this, direct, you know, and it's a story for another day. The Dragon Gate weekend in Chicago is renowned as being one of the, some of the best matches in Ring of Honor history. Definitely watch those if you can. But uh, really, the crux that we're trying to get here is the Ring of Honor CCW stuff. Um, the next night saw Cornette cut a promo saying he had hired Pierce to be the bouncer and guard the front door, the back door, and the door from people CCW would likely be coming through. The door from the shitter. Cornette also called out Delirious and said he was impressed with his athleticism and the crowd loves him, except something is missing, and that's why he never wins matches. And then just kind of Cornette then goes into like a Ring of Honor style promo here. We get out to here where uh, Danielson came out playing heel, saying he was the baddest mother on earth. And, and if it wasn't for Ring of Honor, Joe would be climbing trees in Samoa, getting coconuts for his family. Danielson tried to lead the crowd into a chant of lose some weight at Joe. He then mocked Storm, took credit for drawing the crowd, and bragged that he was training by Shawn Michaels while Storm was being trained in Calgary. Um, yeah, th- this is when um, Lance Storm was involved in Ring of Honor. Danielson agreed to give Joe a title shot after beating Storm. After Danielson left, Hero and Butcher came back out and attacked Joe. Pierce and Hero started brawling and ended up in the ring when Pierce was double teamed. Claudia ran in, beat them down. Cornette ran in, but Hero in it, put in a Hero in an armbar. Whitmer then came in and fought with Butcher and Hero, attacked Whitmer's bad angle, and laid him out. Hero beat on Whitmer's angle with Whitmer's crutches. Hero left and was throwing chairs again. Just his luck, he went two for two as a chair hit a girl in the front row. 
Carrie Silken and Gabe Sapolsky ran out to make sure they weren't going to get sued over that one. They ended up being no apparent problems, and the girl was a big Jack Evans fan. And Evans talked to her for 30 minutes, so she was happy. All right, here, and then... And I think that might be it on the CZW stuff here from that. Yeah, I think kind of skipping around. If I miss anything, let me know, Ash. But I think that's pretty much uh, all no, the CZW stuff. No, I think the thing is uh, Cabana beat Homicide in a street fight. And uh, Homicide basically turned baby face uh, at the end there. So that's something to remember uh, as we go further here of in the uh, in the notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I, like, so just to kind of recap, WrestleMania weekend has been a big one for for uh, Ring of Honor for a while, and this is probably one of the first big, like, memorable weekends of that. And, uh, you know, as you see it there, like, you got the Dragon Gate guys, but you got this feud, and it's being, and, you know, Joe's involved, and, you know, and you got BJ Whitmer, and Chris Hero, and Cornette, and it's... Once again, nobody was doing something like this. And you look, and neither side is really getting a kermuppance on the other side. It's well booked. And now, if you notice, too, we're a couple months into the angle. The angle really has its main players. And you don't got a lot of the deathmatch guys from CCW. Yes, the Ring of Honor students are still kind of involved, but they'll eventually fade away as well. Uh, And, all right, so then April 15th, from the observer here, uh, CZW results, Andy Sumner won a three over Drew Gulak and Ravage. Chris Hero beat Pele Primo and Matt Turner and question mark. Uh, Jigsaw, which I'm assuming that they, they did not know the identity of the talent in there. Jigsaw won a three-way over El Generico and Hollow Wicked. B-Boy and Adam Flash beat Messiah and Alter Boy Luke in a uh, two out of three tables match. Uh, DJ High beat Danny Havoc, Super Dragon. And Necro Butcher beat Kevin Steen and BJ Whitmer. Derek Frazier won a three-way over Ravage and Cloudy. Ruckus and Eddie Kingston and Joker and Sabian beat Nick Gage and Justice Payne and Lionel Knight and Christopher Bishop. Now, CZW on April 15th at Philadelphia did some stuff to continue the Ring of Honor CZW feud. Three Ring of Honor wrestling students lost an elimination handicap match to Chris Hero, who gave uh, Matt Turner a muscle buster to get heat for Hero's upcoming match with Samoa Joe which was billed the CZW vs. Ring of Honor saw Super Dragon and Necro Butcher, who represents CZW against Ring of Honor soon, beat BJ Whitmer, Ring of Honor, and Kevin Steen, who's actually worked for more of CZW as of late, but was being billed as being part of the Ring of Honor team. They had advertised Ruckus and Eddie Kingston and Joker and Sabian in the main event and cha- an open challenge Ring of Honor. There were no Ring of Honor guys there, and Zandig announced it as Ring of Honor no-showing and ended up with Larry Swinney picking Toronto wrestlers, Christopher Bishop, Lionel Knight to team with Nick Gage and Justice Payne in the Hate Club. They lost, and the Hate Club turned on the Canadians after the match. Lionel White, by the way, or Lionel Knight, still still working the Ontario area. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he's a good around. dude. Um, but, uh, I, I I just can't get over how much I love the Kevin Steen part of this. (laughs) Oh, I'm with Ring of Honor, but you're really not. Yes, I am. He just wants to be there. It reminds me of like when Joel Gertner was begging Eric Bischoff for a job (laughs) at the ECW reunion. That's, that's kind of what it reminds me of. Uh, May 1st, 2006 observer here. 
And uh, th- this is for the uh, 100th anniversary show here, folks. The Ring of Honor vs. CZW Dynamic in Philadelphia drew a 1,000 fans on April 22nd for the company's 100th show. The feud has continued to be one of the big surprises of the year because it's still going strong, partially because of the decision to make Ring of Honor's team go on t- over the CZW show and have the CZW team go over on the Ring of Honor show this time. A year ago, unless it was something special like a Japanese star on the show, Ring of Honor was struggling to sell 500 tickets in Philadelphia. Most estimates, most estimates in the crowd were consistent 70% Ring of Honor fans who were shouting competition for the CZW fans. They set up the arena with the idea of it being like college basketball or football games where there was a CZW side and a Ring of Honor side. It made for interesting chance as the CZW uh, world, world would chant CZW and the Ring of Honor fans would chant sucks and ended with CZW fans chanting USA and trying to come up with chants that the Ring of Honor fans wouldn't make fun of. The main event saw Team CZW of Necker Butcher, who pulled himself off the PW show in Philly in that afternoon, because CZW was ending, threatened to pull him out of the feud if he worked that shot. And Samo- I'm sorry, and Super Dragon and Chris Hero beat Samoa Joe, Adam Pearson, BJ Whitmer in 25 minutes and 28 seconds in what is it called a crazy match that was heated as matches come. There were two refs, one from each company. One of the big spots saw Zandig come out with a barbed wire baseball bat. <laughs> but Claudio got the bat away and chased Sandig to the back. Necker Butcher clobbered Pierce legit with the wrong end of a chair, resulting in Pierce getting 12 staples shaped like an L put it in his forehead. Or <laughs> shaped like an L. I'm thinking of the Smash Mouth song. <laughs> shaped like an L put in his head, not forehead. And he's folding chairs turned with their backs against each other. Super Dragon did a double foot stop on, on Whitmer's head. That was the open folding chair. Whitmer gave Dragon an exploder on an open chair. Dragon gave Whitmer a psycho driver off the apron through the table. There was an injury angle spot as they're playing as if Whitmer needs to be in a neck brace for this coming weekend's matches. For the finish, Zandig attacked the Ring of Honor ref. Uh, Claudio came out and threw Zandig out of the ring. But then he turned on Ring of Honor and aligned with CZW as he and Hero double-teamed Joe and pinned him after a move similar to the snapshot. Joe threatened revenge at a later date. They had, in hindsight, teased the turn for some time. Most fans, knowing Claudio and Hero are tag partners on the Indies, but Claudio had turned Hero down to join his side since the feud started. Hero had tried again to recruit Claudio earlier in the show and was turned down after Claudio lost the opener to Christopher Daniels. It was interesting booking. As Daniels was in the main event of the company's first show in 2002, and now he's in the opener of show number 104 years later. Daniels also shook hands with Claudio as he doesn't do, so this idea was the guy had so much respect even Daniels would shake his hand, but he'd still turn on Ring of Honor. Gabe Sapolsky said the feud is working, and this is one of the biggest crowds Ring of Honor has ever drawn in Philadelphia, because both sides are putting their egos on the side and letting uh, the one other one win in the home arena. The other main part of the feud was a debate between Jim Cornette of Perion Crutches saying he's as he's undergoing knee surgery next week after the Ohio shows and Zandig. Gary Capetta was the moderator. This is something I, I have to see. I don't think I've ever. Have you ever seen this, Ash? I have not. And I searched YouTube. I've searched the torrent <laughs> sites. It's it's not easily it's not easy to find. So Gary Capetta was the moderator 
Although most reports is the cornet was clearly dominating and went off tremendously, and Zandig came off far better than expected. At one point, both raised their voices and started yelling at each other. Cornette said Philadelphia was always known as being a smart city among the wrestlers, and they had a chance to decide to sport support cutting-edge wrestling instead of freak show wrestling. Mark and Jay Briscoe beat Matt and said all in a, in a good match. It was so good that a lot of CCW fans were chanting Ray of Honor. They did an interesting deal on this show, since much of the crowd came to see the promotion versus promotion rivalry. Ring of Honor uh, champion Brian Nielsen worked before the intermission, being Cole Cabana with a roll-up in five minutes and two seconds. This was done for a few reasons. The first is Sapolsky felt the crowd because they came for a wild main event fight wouldn't be as interested as the usual Danielson match and feel like they'd turn on it if it went more than 20 minutes. The other is because of the time they've been talking about a five-minute title match just to make fans think uh, there could be a pennant in the title match any time. The gimmick now is Cabana's going to start at the bottom, working openers. The idea is to build them all the way back for a match with Danielson on the next Chicago tour. Because the match was so short after intermission, they added a second title match where Danielson beat Delirious via ref stoppage after elbow after elbow. Austin Aries and Roger Strong kept the tag titles, beating Homicide and Ricky Reyes when Aries pinned Reyes with a 450. Match was disappointing. The other important step was... Uh, the important step was Delirious winning a four-way uh, Jimmy Yang, Jimmy Raven, Jimmy Jacobs. The gimmick advertised was manager Lacey would take her shirt and bare her boobs if Jacobs won. I'm, I'm assuming that was to appeal to CCW fans. However, Jacobs uses Contra code finisher on Yang, what appeared to be a pin. Uh, Jacobs got off Yang and refused to beat him because he's supposedly so in love with Lacey that he can't bear the thought of guys seeing her boobs. In July... Rave, Seidel, Austin Aries, Roger Strong, and Jack Emmons, who's there right now, will be headed to Japan for Dragon Gate for the first round of Gabe Sapolsky's attempt to get all his guys' experience of what he thinks could be the new junior heavyweight style in the U.S. five years from now. Just a side note, Sapolsky was right. <laughs> if you see what those guys have done. Yeah. Um, especially Matt Seidel, he's on Wednesdays. Roger Strong, he's on Tuesday. Jack Evans, he's on Wednesdays. Like... Guys that are still putting on great matches here in 2021, uh, going into 22. But, so, yeah, I mean, the debate, it's great two sides, because you're seeing the physical angles, and then you're seeing the the debate aspect of it. You know, it, this is a good role for Zandig. I'm sure, it, let's just make no about it. Like, you know, and I'm not a wrestler, but like, Ash, I think you could test it. John Zandig wasn't a guy that can keep up with Brian Danielson. Uh, no, he could not. <laughs> so this is a perfect role for him as he was such a big part of CCW. Uh, and, and, and Cornette, like I said, Cornette or somebody like Cornette was perfect to fly the ring of honor banner. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of CCW fans just thought Zandig was just going to fly off the handle and just beat it. Just attack Cornette, which would have been worth the price of admission for many of those fans. I'm sure. Now, Pro Wrestling Torch has something interesting from the April 29th edition, and this was for that April 22nd show, and this was a Ring of Honor fan report by Mike Kingston. Place was pretty packed pretty good, 900 to 1,000 in my estimation. Floor seats were all full, Ring of Honor bleachers were filled, and there was a little room on the CCW side, but not much. The CCW fans were very rowdy and not in a good way, as they sometimes took away from the show by yelling, the Jim Duggan ho and chanting USA. I think it was the only thing that they could chant that the Ring of Honor fans didn't have a counter for. When they chant CCW, 
Ring of Honor fans would chant sucks. When they chant for Hero, they chant Hero tapped out. Eventually, it just became lots of Jim Duggan-style yelling, which was somewhat annoying for most of the other card. Uh, Ring of Honor Booker Keith Sapolsky tells PW Torch he believes their 100th was very important to he and Homicide personally. Sapolsky believes that the reputation of CZW Invaders, along with the Ring of Honor video recaps, available at ringofhonorvideos.com, had made the Ring of Honor CZW feud popular outside of Philadelphia. They, the CZW Invaders, all have big reputations, so that definitely helps, he says. I also think that the Ring of Honor videos website helps a great deal to fans and is able to... See what happens a few days after a show instead of having to wait a few months for the DVD. Now, I want to mention something because I know the next piece is going to be, a, you know, about this Philly show too, this uh, 100th anniversary. But I, I do kind of want to mention something here. We look at who's really representing CZW. It's Chris Hero. It's now Claudio who's turned. It's Eddie Kingston. It's Necro Butcher. And these were guys that the Ring of Honor fan base would kind of know, but these were super indie guys at the time. They were known guys. And, oh, Super Dragon as well. Uh, huge super indie guy at the time. Um, these were really well-known guys. I wonder how much input Ring of Honor... Yes, we hear from the reports. It was very civil, very cordial, uh, very a good relationship. But I'm sure Ring of Honor had to have said, listen, these are the guys we want to do this with. Yeah. Because um, you would think Zandig, if Zandig really had his way, he would be in physical angles. Nick Gage, Justice Payne, Wife Beater, like they would be in the main angle. Or uh, maybe I'm off. And I don't know John Zandig personally, but to me, it's it's got to be something where I think Maven Bentley gets it what Sapolsky's looking for. And I, this has to be, and look, I mean, those guys, all those guys I just named, all of them end up in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to use, uh, you're going to use guys that will be able to gel with the current Ring of Honor style. Uh, not taking away from the other CZW, the CZW talent, but yeah, there, you, you want the top echelon, the guys that have that ability and can work that style. Yeah, it's just, uh, it, it it really was the perfect storm. It was the perfect cast of characters. You have a Ring of Honor that's still using top TNA guys at the time. It, it Man, I cannot say this enough. 2006 Ring of Honor. Like, go seek this out, folks. Not just this feud, but just the Dragon Gate invasion. Guys like AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels still there. Like, this is really good stuff. I know I've been seeing a lot of Ring of Honor appreciation post go visit 2006 it'll make you appreciate ring of honor um all right here yeah so we're, we're gonna go move on to actually uh we had a little bit from the figure four weekly but it's pretty much just a recap of what we talked about here it's pretty uh, much the same the yeah the same uh yeah. same stuff uh may 10th 2006 here uh this from the observer Ring of Honor, it wasn't a big weekend with shows on April 28th in Dayton drawing 500 and April 29th in Cleveland drawing 450. However, reports that Cleveland was an excellent show while Dayton was a good show, largely because the last three matches on the card were strong. Sobolski is cutting way back on the usage of TNA guys in case a decision to break ties comes in as it may at any time. Joe and Christopher Daniels are booked full time since they are two of the biggest stars of the company. AJ Styles only has a few days left for the rest of the year. Uh, 
Alex Shelley will be on some shows, but those will be the only four. Austin Aries and Strong are under TNA contract, but after a situation a few months back, they seem like more like Ring of Honor guys, as Aries still hasn't been brought back, and Strong has rarely been used as a late by TNA. That kind of shows like what we were talking about, where it just seems like Gabe is starting to lean on the CZW guys a little bit more to fill out their bottom of the roster because he knows he's losing the TNA guys. Doesn't know when, but he's going to eventually lose them. And, and, and like I said, wasn't this just a big scouting thing for Sapolsky? <laughs> it I, really was. Yes, yeah. the angle did help business, but I think he's probably looking at it and he goes, I could probably get some talent out of this, and I need talent. Yeah. I mean, talent that his fans know, and you're bringing them in with a guaranteed angle. But here's the thing, too. You're bringing a guy like Chris Hero, and you're bringing a guy like Eddie Kingston, and you're bringing them in to the Ring of Honor Arena, but not packaging them as up-and-coming stars or putting them in angles you know, for titles and all that you're pretty much getting a freebie. They're coming in this invasion. If the crowd doesn't really like them that much, then you go, okay, I won't use them after the angle. And there's really no skin off your back. You, you invest in a guy, you know, agree to a bunch of dates with a guy, guy comes in, doesn't get over. You can't get out of that. Yeah. You could get out of this, (laughs) you know? So, but I mean, it 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 really was a win win for both companies because I think it put CZW on a little bit of a CZW was having non deathmatch matches that were really good. I think Sanjay Dutt really cut his teeth in CZW. Ruckus was putting on great matches, but I don't think they got that appreciation. That, oh, CZW isn't just all deathmatch wrestling until this feud. But uh, continuing back on to that, that Observer note, and Dayton Jim Cornette cut a promo on CZW and Claudio in particular. He said that he was going to call CZW a bunch of chickens, but he didn't want to insult chickens. Uh, Cornette talked about all the injuries and asked Cole Cabana to join Team Ring of Honor in the feuding with Team CZW. Cabana declined, saying he has to wait, work his way up to the bottom, from the bottom. His gimmick is that since he lost to Danielson, he wants to start at the bottom and work his way up. Cornette told him that he... By not getting involved, he was turning his back on Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor fans. Cabana said that he'd wrestle in prelims, but that doesn't mean he won't fight these guys. Uh, Jimmy Raven Delirious uh, drew at a match that killed the crowd. Nigel McGinnis kept the pure title over Daniels. They were fighting outside the ring, and McGinnis threw a photographer into Daniels. Daniels tried to break the fall, and in doing so, McGinnis jumped back in the ring and beat the 20 count. Brian Danielson retained the Ring of Honor title by beating Jimmy Yang with a chicken wing at what was said to be Yang's best match ever in Ring of Honor. In Cleveland, Delirious uh, pinned Chris Sabin, uh, who was obviously being phased out because of phasing out most of the TNA guys except for the aforementioned ones. Claudio came out to the balcony doing a promo challenging Joe to meet him in a wrestling match, not a fight. Joe came out to the crowd. He was really strong. They were doing a wrestling match until Nate Webb and Necro Butcher ran in and attacked Joe for the DQ. They all beat Joe down until Steele and Pierce ran in. Claudia left. Pierce laid Webb out with a pile driver on the floor. Super Dragon did a run-in attack on the Ring of Honor guys. Whitmer attacked him, and they had a singles match as everyone else brawled to the back. They had a crazy finish as Whitmer used an exploder suplex off the top rope to the floor through a table and pinned him. After the match, Pierce and Steele picked up uh, the carcass of Dragon and threw him out the front door. This feud has legs and is still going to be kept... uh, going until it eventually dies and natural causes as all feuds do. However, this was designed as the blow off for dragon, at least for now. 
that is a, that's phenomenal way they they did with Super Dragon. And you could tell these these Ring of Honor guys are probably having fun because they could do a little bit more. Yeah. And as as we could tell, as David said, uh, the draws for that weekend in Dayton and Cleveland were great. Um, I'd be curious to see what the numbers on ROHvideos.com did for the CZW videos. Because obviously it goes to what I was saying earlier where CZW is huge in Philly, huge in the in that general area. So you're going to draw well in this feud. But you take it outside of Philly, you're going to have an issue drawing. But like were the CZW fans keeping up to date on this on online? Like I feel like they were. But obviously like the feud works in the Northeast, not really anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to Dayton, you're talking more of a HWA, IW, Mid-South area. And at Cleveland at that time, I don't think anybody really toured there other than Ring of Honor. Uh, Cleveland All-Pro, but yeah, they weren't. But at, I'm talking about, who, who yeah, was anyone like, drawing? More than just a local promotion, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, May 13, 2006, on Pro Wrestling Torch. As part of the ongoing storyline story with CCW, Brian Danielson has sent out an open contract from any CCW wrestler to face him on July 15th in Philadelphia. And uh, we're going to go to the May 16, 2006, Observer. Jim Cornette has apparently reached a deal to return to the national television scene as the head authority figure of TNA. I forget that he did do Ring of Honor, TNA, Ring of Honor. I always think they were two different. They were just one run apiece. Um, Cornette has not signed the contract before going in for knee surgery on May 9th, but both sides have verbally agreed all terms on a deal. The company wanted to debut Cornette as the surprise newcomer in the Larry Sabisco storyline on the June 18th pay-per-view show. He was asked to keep it top secret, but the word got out when several wrestlers saw a rundown of videotape package produced TNA's most shocking moments or something of the sort, and one of the things written was Jim Cornette's TNA debut. So even Cornette. before he debuted, they're already <laughs> filming most shocking moments for him. That's that that's TNA right there. Yeah, they, they're 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 hoping. You know, uh, Cornette had been talking with TNA ever since he was fired by WWE, with TNA pitching him as the head authority figure position, similar to the role he currently has in Ring of Honor. The deal is not going to affect his Ring of Honor status, as he's got bookings and planning on keeping them through the end of the year. And will likely return to Ring of Honor shortly after his TNA debut to cut a promo talking about how he would be working for both companies. Which is interesting because I don't really know. I can't remember if it happens that way. But this Sapolsky probably doesn't want this. You know, he's like, you know, now your authority figure you might not get for every date because he's doing TNA. Yeah, um, yeah he's, he's, losing, he's losing his top stars and now he's losing his, his authority figure. Uh, May 22nd, 2006, CZW did its sixth annual Best of the Best show. This is from The Observer, by the way, on, on May 13th at the ECW Arena, which lasted four hours and 45 minutes and included three CZW title changes, two of which were in the tournament. The first title change in the tournament saw as Christopher Daniels won the title over Champ Ruckus in a three-way that included Derek Frazier. Ruckus was on the outside, and Daniels was rooting for Frazier, uh, was rooting Frazier to do a dive. Frazier went for a dive when Daniels stepped away and hit the Angels' wings. Daniels then, and this story ends up making sense by the end of the night, did a babyface speech saying he didn't want to win the belt that way and was giving it back. He did since he and Ruckus were scheduled for the next round. He'd give Ruckus the belt and try to win it from him. 
Ruckus then pinned Daniels to keep the title. The tournament came down to Ruckus versus Claudio versus Aries versus uh, Sabian with the title at stake for the third time on the show. Ruckus pinned Aries to win the title and keep the, the title. At that point, Chris Hero showed up and apparently he was in line for a title shot and demanded it right then doing an edge scene type deal. He won the title in a short match. Hero and Claudio were celebrating the title win and then left. Aries and Strong then attacked Ruckus. Daniels ran in for the save and started yelling at Aries and Strong. It was a swerve as Daniels gave Ruckus the Angel Wings on the best of the best trophy and three Ring of Honor guys were beating down Ruckus until some CZW guys made the save. So, this is great because, like, now you we, we talk about the CZW guys that really become a part of Ring of Honor. Look what CZW is getting. They're getting Aries and Strong and guys, like, on their cards. Yeah, and Daniels and Claudio. Yeah, like, so they're, they're really benefiting from it, too, to get those type of talents on their card. Uh, Ring of Honor notes from that same observer. Aside from the Bang Angle on May 13th, it was kind of an ordinary weekend. They ran May 12th in Lake Grove, New York, which is on Long Island, and drew a far less enthusiastic than usual crowd. The Ring of Honor versus CZW angle on the show was Chris Harrow and Claudio, who came in wearing Chikara tag belts facing Adam Pierce and BJ Weber. Pierce ended up being pinned. Necker Butcher came out to lead a beatdown until Samoa Joe, never advertised on the show, did a run in and said that Ring of Honor was about wrestling. Now, real quick, I know I get the surprise. How are you not advertising Samoa Joe in 2006? <laughs> Unless they didn't want to see what they didn't want to happen, what happened before? <laughs> well, if he I, makes it, then, then we'll have him do something. We're not going to say he's going to be here. Yeah. Uh, they also had a major title program split into singles with Mark Briscoe beating Roderick Strong and Jay Briscoe beating Austin Aries via submission with an arm lock in the, on the best match of the show. The May 13th show in Edison, New Jersey also drew 650 fans, was the stronger show of the weekend with a strong Ring of Honor CCW angle at the end. A lot of guys worked both the Ring of Honor CCW shows that day. Cabana pinned Kikotaro from All Japan in a comedy match. Homicide and Ricky Reyes beat Dunn and Marcos in a quick one-sided match. Adam Pierce came out and asked Homicide for help in the battle with CCW, but Homicide dropped the mic and walked out. Jimmy Rave pinned Jimmy Yang with pedigree. Nigel McGinnis beat, pinned the returning Jay Lethal in a pure tunnel match. Uh, Lethal was a sub for Alex Shelley. Danielson retained the Ring of Honor title, being delirious in 24 minutes and 51 seconds. Now, the main event was billed as Joe vs. Necro. By the way, Joe vs. Necro did happen in IW Mid-South. Totally recommend watching it. Uh, Joe and Necro each beat up the ref brought out by the respective rival promotion. Hero then attacked Joe. Pearson and Whitmer were brawling with them. Claudio hit Joe with a chair and he was laid out. The brawl returned as Hero and Claudio went out to put Pierce through a table. The brawl itself went 13 minutes and 30 seconds. The lights went out and then Homicide hit the ring and started attacking the CZW guys. A ref came out and started then started Homicide versus Necro in a brawl. Butcher bled and was thrown through a table. Homicide did the Terry Funk call for the chairs, so fans all threw the chairs in the ring. Butcher was selling like he was knocked out and buried under the chairs. Homicide pinned Butcher after two cop killers in 10 minutes and 14 seconds. The last part of the show was insane heat and made the show. Next show is June 3rd in East Windsor, Connecticut with Danielson versus Homicide for the Ring of Honor title. Aries and Strong versus Briscoe for the tag titles. Daniels and versus Whitmer and Ray versus Richards and Sarah Del Ray versus Daisy Hayes as the top matches. Um, and also, like, yeah, they're running. You had Ring of Honor and CCW both running on the 13th. 
Edison, New Jersey, and Philly are about 70 miles apart. So that that's a haul. I don't think a lot of fans were doing that. I mean, they could have had some super fans making that trip, but it's not like just across town or or within the same building. So you're really splitting the audience there. And, you know, I get it's New Jersey, and I guess it's more of his home base. But wouldn't you want that cool homicide moment to be in probably Philly, where the angle's really hitting its stride? Yeah. You know, I mean, because the, the, that's a huge reveal and a, and a huge uh, momentum swing, booking-wise, for Ring of Honor. Uh, we'll go to the June 12, 2006 uh, Observer here. Uh, the June 3rd show in East Windsor, Connecticut, drew 500 fans. Christopher Daniels pinned B.J. Whitmer in 16 minutes and 25 uh, seconds. It was supposed to be a grudge match, but Whitmer said he hated CZW so much and didn't hate Daniels and wanted a straight-up match to see who was the, was the best wrestler. Crowd wasn't that into it, although they did nothing wrong. Daniels won clean with the best moonsault ever. Uh, Daniels put over Whitmer after the match. They appeared to reform the prophecy with Alice in danger after the match, but I'm told it was just a way to end their feud and tie up loose ends. Um, and yeah, nothing, probably because it was Connecticut, but nothing really CZW related on that show. Yeah, they're keeping it. They're keeping the CZW name alive in Ring of Honor by mentioning in promos and just continuing the feud. But yeah, it seems outside of the Philly area and Dayton and Cleveland, which I and Chicago, which I believe is probably more for the hero connection than anything. But outside of that area, they're really not advancing the feud as much. Uh, June 26, 2006, uh, Observer Ring of Honor, Danielson versus Kenta versus Joe, a uh, match that drew a settle 800 fans for the last show at the New Yorker Hotel on June 17th. Uh, the building should only hold 700 people, and people were packed in so tight that virtually everyone who said a report noted how crammed and uncomfortable it was. The company announced the show that they would be moving to the Manhattan Center, the 1,100-seat original home of Raw, and ran many times per year. Now, the Ring of Honor versus CCW feud, which is now being phased down, was still the strong point of with Homicide versus Chris Hero and Anna Pierce versus Claudio uh, matches. Pierce was beating up Claudio most of their match until Hero interfered by DQ. They were double teaming Pierce and daring Homicide to make the save. Homicide ran out, uh, demanded the match start, and worked a stiff match as well, including Homicide using his fork. Lots of near falls, including Homicide kicking out when Hero hit him with the CCW title belt. Homicide kicked, then delivered the cop killer for the pin and did Jerry Lawler in 1985, saying as if he didn't win the world title by the end of this year, he was quitting Ring of Honor. The idea was to build towards a December match in New York when Homicide challenged him for the title. There's going to be a CCW vs. Ring of Honor match at CCW's Cage of Death show, followed by BJ Whitmer vs. Necro Butcher. Uh, barbed wire match at that point the feud may have run its course and current plans are to end it with the latter match yeah as you see in new york here they're drawing 800 fans but that was probably because danielson kenta and joe if anything yeah i'm sure kenta was the big was the big headliner there um well we got some more uh kenta headline shows here from the july 3rd 2006 observer Kenta headlined the shows on June 23rd in Detroit and June 24th in Chicago. The Detroit show drew 500 fans and the Chicago drew 900. So they were uh, below what they did in March for both cities. But that was expected since the lineups were stronger. Chicago had all the fans in for Mania that last time. Now in Detroit, Adam Pierce 
beat Necro Butcher in a brawl via DQ when Claudio interfered. Homicide made the save and then pinned Claudio after a lariat. Brian Danielson retained the Ring of Honor title in a three-way over B.J. Whitmer and Jimmy Jacobs. Gabe Sapolsky taken from three-way dances in ECW when he does matches like this with the title at stake, the eliminations, and not first pins. The whole idea is that if a champion can lose his title without being pinned, it makes the title worthless if you actually think about it. Jacobs pinned Whitmer with a top rope. Sure and I, and while Whitmer was on Danielson's shoulders, crowd was more into Danielson versus Jacobs than expected. With fans actually buying that Jacobs had a chance to win. Danielson won with the chicken wing submission and the, and the crowd didn't like that. In Chicago, strong pin Jacobs. When Jacobs used a Death Valley driver, fans started chanting, Cena sucks. It's 2006, folks. Um, Briscoe's uh, beat rave uh, and Kennedy uh, when Mark pinned Kennedy after a uh, uh, twist with a uh, clutch burning hammer. Joe beat Delirious in their grudge match off the prior night. Crowd was making... Uh, F. Scott Steiner chance. Joe put on a Chicago Cubs hat and got booed uh, since the building's in White Sox territory. Joe pinned him with a muscle buster. Uh, Butcher hit the ring and Joe was beating on him. Claudio took out Joe's knee with a chop lock. Pierce ran in for the save as he was beaten down. Whitmer ran out. But that brought out Nate Webb. Ace Steele, a Chicago native, made the save, leading to Team CCW of Claudio, Butcher, and Webb over Steele, Pierce, and Whitmer in a short brawl. Butcher put a crown made out of barbed wire on Whitmer's head, and Claudio hit Whitmer's head with a chair for the pin. This is to set up Butcher versus Whitmer in a barbed wire match for July 28th. By the way, Kennedy, uh, that's Conrad Kennedy III, also known as Crimson on the uh, Independency. Not the Crimson from TNA, but Crimson. Crimson I mean, with a K. Yeah, Crimson with a K on the Independency. Yeah. From that note there. Um, but yeah, uh, this is a nice little, this is a nice little booking in the area, uh, with Ace Steel being involved with this. Now Ace Steel did was involved with the angle at times, but he wasn't a main player. Uh, but being from Chicago, very good idea to have him involved with that. Yeah, it it helps further the angle by using more uh, Midwest natives and people, fi- workers at the fans are familiar with uh july 8 2006 sanjay dutt has signed the open contract sent to ccw and will face ring of honor champion brian danielson on july 15th in philadelphia so there's a player out of nowhere folks sanjay dutt now involved with the feud um now from the july 15 2006 pro wrestling torch and this is as i'm reading this this is great jj dillon <laughs> will appear at the July 15th event in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania as a storyline consultant to Ring of Honor for the Cage of Death match against CCW. Ring of Honor is claiming Dylan's experience with the old War Games matches from the NWA will help Ring of Honor strategically against CCW. Dylan will also be in charge of the Cage Door during the team Ring of Honor versus Team CCW feud. Um, before I read the next part of that torch, clearly this was the Cornette replacement. Um, well, yeah, they're, they're both involved here, but do you mean like this is like, JD Dillon could be replacing Cornette going forward? Yes, as I think they're thinking like out. if this goes further, we don't think we're going to have Cornette. We at least have some traditional wrestling guy on our side, a territory guy, if you will. I mean, it's, it's possible. Um, I know it's mentioned later on that the reason JJ was there is he had a table. 
Um, was that around the time his book came out? Because he uh, might have been. I know he was hitting the shoot interview circuit around this time too, and I think he, he might have a Ring of Honor shoot. He, I know he did an RF, and then I know he did stuff with Oliver too. Yeah, he definitely had a table. Yeah, I'm not sure. Amazon's showing publication date 2014 for his book, so it must have been the reprint. Um, so the Cage of Death match featuring Team, team, team CCW versus Team Ring of Honor has now been changed to a five-on-five match. Chris Hero announced that Team CCW's fourth partner is Nate Webb via his live journal. <laughs> Man, so, you really go to a time capsule when you cover something that was literally, you know, f- you know, f- 15, 16 years ago. Live journal. Uh, neither team has announced whom their fifth partners will be, although it's been teased through storyline that Homicide could join Team Ring of Honor. The format of the Cage of Death match will closely follow the old school War Games format. It will start with one member of each team for the first five minutes. This based on a coin toss, one team will get the advantage, and there will be a two-on-one advantage for two minutes. The other team will send in a new member to even the odds, and will continue with two-minute interviews. The cage of death match cannot end until all five members of each team enter the cage. At that point, the first team to get a member of the uh, of the other team to quit or pin wins. And now we're moving on to the July 31st, 2006 Observer, which has the aftermath of cage of death. Uh, the Jim Cornette heel turn after cage of death, which was the blow off be- of the Ring of Honor versus CCW feud. And there still is a BJ Whitmer versus Necro Butcher, uh, no rope barbed wire match, but that would be it. Headlined the July 15th show in Philadelphia. The show nearly drew 1,100 fans with bleachers set up for both CCW Ring of Honor fans who yelled at each other all night long. The big angle started as Cornette trying to recruit Homicide to be that final member of Team Ring of Honor for Cage of Death, which was the old War Games rules. Homicide wanted three wishes granted and he'd do it. Cornette wouldn't agree to it and Brian Danielson came out and offered to be the fifth guy. Cornette chose Danielson saying he doesn't need chairs because he knows how to tear tendons and pop elbows. After a main event that went 40 minutes and 38 seconds filled with sick bumps where Ring of Honor won when Homicide ended up saving Team Ring of Honor with a late run in after Danielson walked out and Samoa Joe was injured. The original team was Danielson, Joe, Whitmer, Pierce, and St- A. Steele. Painted Nate Webb, who teamed with Eddie Kingston, Chris Hero, Claudio, and Necro Butcher. After a cop killer on a barbed wire board, Homicide asked for his three wishes again. Cornette thanked him for helping the team win. The crowd was chanting for Homicide to ask for a low key to be reinstated. Homicide asked for a singles match against Steve Carino, which Cornette agreed to. He then asked for a shot at Danielson's Ring of Honor title, which he agreed to. He then asked for a low key to be reinstated. Cornette said that one's a problem because Cornette had given his word that low key would never be brought back. In storyline, Cornette blamed low key for knocking his tooth out. Low key and Gabe Sapolsky had numerous real life falling outs, and the last one left big heat because low key pulled out of several main events he'd agreed to do. Uh, Cornette told Homicide that as long as he's in power, Loki will never be brought back. Homicide then called Cornette a liar for not living up to his promise. And Cornette then called uh, him. Okay. I'm not reading that part. <laughs> Cornette saying he, 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 he called him a, uh, he called him a slur. Yeah. Cornette said some bad stuff. Um, Homicide then spit in Cornette's face. Cornette then added, ordered Pierce to attack Homicide and Cornette maced Homicide in the face. 
Pierce and J.J. Dillon, who was there selling books and ended up as uh, the coach for Team Ring of Honor, handcuffed Homicide to the turnbuckles. Homicide's manager, Julius Smokes, was also maced as he went to climb the top of the cage. Cornette then started whipping Homicide with his belt. The crowd was quiet because they really didn't want to see the heel authority figure storyline, but they they liked Cornette. There was all, they were also expecting a low-key run-in. The deal was actually made when Cornette agreed to come in as the authority figure. He was pretty much dumb in Ring of Honor when Cebulski suggested a long-term angle. Where'd he be babyface commissioner and eventually go heel? Cornette liked the idea. The idea was to create Danielson versus Homicide as a small-scale world title match, dream world title match that doesn't happen for a long time. Low-key is not coming back, and his name was only used because it was the best idea anyone had for a storyline for a reason Cornette would be justified in turning on Homicide. The cage, which included two ladders, two tables and barbed wire, and lots of garbage cans, saw them spoof the 80s war games with Dylan calling the coin toss correctly, given the baby fists the advantage. Joe and Claudia opened with Whitmer, Hero, and Danielson coming in. Danielson told Joe to give Hero Muscle Buster, but then gave Joe a chop block to build heat for their Ring of Honor title match. Danielson walked out of the cage, and Joe had to be carried out, an angle to build Danielson versus Joe on August 5th in Edison, New Jersey, for the title. This meant Whitmer was all by himself, and the coin flip advantage was gone. Whitmer was in with Hero, Claudio, and Webb. Pierce, Necro, and A. Steele came in. Hero then brought out Eddie Kingston, so it was five on three. Kingston ended up chopping Hero, and they started arguing. Homicide's music hits, and he made the save, breaking something over Webb's head. Butcher hit Homicide with a chair. Homicide threw tacks on the mat, which Butcher uh, barefooted ran on. Homicide gave forks to every member of Team Ring of Honor, and the ECW uh, guys all blood. Uh, Steele did a top, but Kingston moved, and so he went... Or, yeah, uh, did it tope? I'm sorry, uh, but Kingston it, moves. It's 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 Dave's uh, classic misspelling. Yes, <laughs> so he went through a vertical title, uh, vertical table. Sorry, Webb took a bat, bump on thumbtacks. Lots of weapon shots. The match was filled with crazy moves, with Whitmer doing exploder on a trash can and Kingston. Claudio did a Russian leg sweep off the standing of the top rope through ta- two tables with Pierce. Hero did a moonsault off the cage. Whitmer gave Butcher a Samoan drop into a barbed wire table before finally Homicide finished off Webb. The heat of this match was off the charts. After watching the footage a few days later, the decision was made to, to market it like Kabashi versus Joe match of last year. Or the last 15 minutes of the Joe versus Punk Chicago match from the year before. Or the ending of the Dragon Gate 6-man uh, this year, which has no commentary for the match in DVD. Cornette told the Ring of Honor staff to take out the garbage wrestlers and thank Dylan as a coach. Pierce and Homicide, they officially announced the debut of the Manhattan Center September 16th. We'll have Danielson defending against Kenta, uh, Takishi Rikeo, uh, Takishi Morishima, uh, Takashi Segura, and Muhammad uh, Yone uh, will all be at the show, but none are scheduled to wrestle. They'll be doing just autographs, and none have working U.S. visas. Uh, Rikeo and Morishima uh, had one last year, but it's expired. And Sapolsky, um, or Noah doesn't allow its wrestlers to work in the U.S. illegally. In actuality, Sapolsky is a huge fan of Morishina. A big undercard match was Danielson beating Sanjay Dutt to keep the Ring of Honor title in 1848. The deal was Danielson would defend against a CCW wrestler. They had a good match with Danielson hitting an elbow after elbow from the mount before the ref stopped it, doing an MMA-style finish. The only disappointment was AJ Styles beating Davey Richards. The show 
the crowd wasn't that into it and didn't they didn't click well together. The Briscoes beat Irish Airborne, which included both brothers doing shooting star presses on the floor at the same time. Nigel McGuinness kept the pure title by beating Roger Strong via countout. The whole gimmick is that McGuinness's reign was nothing but cheap finish wins. Both were trying to uh, get in after brawling outside, but McGuinness got in. The one note is that a CCW fan tried to crap over all the match, but didn't happen as they won the crowd over. Well, looks to be the final CCW versus Ring of Honor match. The no rope to barbed wire match for, with Whitmer versus Necro Butcher will be on July 28th in Dayton. July 29th in Cleveland has Danielson versus McGinnis for the Ring of Honor title and Christopher Daniels versus Christian. August 4th in Lake Grove, New York is Joe versus Styles and Kenta versus Davey, or Kent and Davy Richards versus the Briscoes. So, uh, I think the genius of the booking of this, uh, is that, yeah, the, they did the cage of death, but they did angles within cage of death to further everyone else's storylines to go on beyond the feud. So you have Danielson, you have Joe, you have homicide, and it's all feeding. It's all going off seamlessly into other angles. It wasn't just. It wasn't just like a WWE style uh, big Survivor Series blow-off match where everything just resets the next show. You're actually building off and and continuing everything as you're going forward. Well, they definitely knew that the end of the end of this feud was coming, and you know, let's get some more payoff for it. You know, not just like you know, hey, we're gonna have a lot of new talent coming in, and you know. It, put a guy like BJ Whitmer probably in a more main event role, but you know, like you said, let's build these storylines and homicide, you know, helping ring of honor, but then being screwed over by, by Cornette right after like that, that, that was a great way to really set up homicide as a top guy. Yeah. And, 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 and he was also like the CZW fans would respect homicide. They weren't going to, it wasn't cheap to have Homicide go over the CZW guys. No. Uh, the July 26th, or 22nd, sorry, 2006 Pro Wrestling Torch. Keep Zabolski tells PW Torch that the Cage of Death match captured the spirit of the old ECW. Cage of Death was absolutely insane. He says if anyone is going to see the spirit of old ECW before it became a WWE product, they need to see this match. In fact, they need to see this whole feud. The crowd was nuts, and everyone in the match went above and beyond the Call of Duty. Now that the CCW vs. Ring of Honor feud is over, Sapolsky says he hopes to maintain the increased Philadelphia audience by continuing to run quality shows in the market. I think we'll maintain the audience as long as they... We keep the quality shows coming. He says that we can keep the people's interest. They will keep coming. That sort of hints at the whole idea for the feud is to help build his Philadelphia audience. Yeah. I mean, he, 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 that's CZW had a market and they had a loyal fan base and why not try to win those fans? Uh, and, and it's, these comments are interesting because I brought up, this is 2006 and now this is when WWE's doing this relaunch of ECW, and I'm sure Sapolsky, you know, first off, being there at ECW, I'm sure he's kind of insulted that it's not what ECW is supposed to be, but I'm sure, like I said, it's competition. It's another touring promotion out there. Yeah, and like you said, uh, the ECW, the WWECW, we know what it turned into, but the initial, the initial view of it, the initial... 
uh, business model was going to be the third brand, was going to be what NXT became, where they would travel, they would they would run in smaller venues and obviously try to compete with Ring of Honor, with CCW, with FIP, with all of the other feds at that level. And then the uh, last note here, and, and this was... Uh... August 7, 2006 here, there were solid shows this weekend, July 20th in Dayton before 600 fans, and July 20th drawing 500 fans. Reports were just about every match of the show were good, but super matches or anything like that. With the star match should be weekend being Danielson's Ring of Honor title defense against McGinnis in Cleveland. In Dayton, the main event was the final match of the Ring of Honor versus CCW feud. The blow-off was Cajun to Death, but they still had the singles feud to end, with Whitmer over Necro Butcher in a no-rope barbed wire match. They have made it clear that Claudio, who is on a CCW sign of feud, will still be in Ring of Honor, and the story was that he had a Ring of Honor contract, but he's an outcast in the locker room. He also talks Swedish to get heat. The match had a lot of six spots. Butcher powerbombed Whitmer off the apron of the barbed uh, wire table. Whitmer put a barbed wire board on Butcher and was hitting the board with chair shots and did a frog splash on a ladder for a hit for him. Or ladder, I'm sorry. So, I I think what I don't like here is, is that Ring of Honor got both blow-offs. And I get, you know, you do the Cajun mat, death match in Ring of Honor, stack it up. But why not have this match on CCW and have Necro go over? I agree. There's no, I mean, Whitmer. They, they won. They won the the cage match. It's okay if Whitmer loses this to Necro in CZW. Yeah, especially being in Detroit, uh, where Necro Necro's home area. Like, why didn't you just put him over? That's yeah, the. I'm saying. I think it should happen in CZW. And I think you have Necro go over. Yeah, I can see that. I think. I think again, like it was probably something to try to uh, try to pop the house in Dayton. I mean, they drew six hundred, so obviously, obviously, like whether it be whether it was that match or a combination of everything else on the show, um, like they obviously drew well in Dayton that night. Like they drew better in Dayton than they did in Cleveland the next night, and fans really liked this. Uh... From the January 22nd, 2007 uh, Observer, it was second place for Feud of the Year, being edged out by Tito Ortiz versus Ken Shamrock in UFC. But it was the wrestling Feud of the Year. Yeah, it was the top wrestling feud. Uh, 269 votes. Um, it's sort of 2,267. Uh, followed, by, followed by John Cena versus Edge, which only got uh, 2,030. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and I want to read this this PW Insider uh, look back, and then we can we can kind of give our wrap ups here. But this was uh, from Stuart uh, Sapola, and this is in 2011 here, and it's Ring of Honor retro looking back at the Ring of Honor CCW War with Ring of Honor about to enter a completely new era under the ownership of Sinclair Broadcasting. I thought it'd be a good time to look back at some of the best stuff they presented over the last nine years prior to the sale. When you talk about the best ring of honor, I don't think anything stands out to me as long as being more top notch than the CCW feud in 2006. Apologies. I keep getting an ad here <laughs> in 2006. Uh, 
To me, the CCW Award took everything that makes a feud great and rolled into one total combined package and included some of the best brawls Ring of Honor ever presented, including all the main event players in both companies. It was a true clash of styles between CCW's hardcore brawls and Ring of Honor's work rate based presentation. In fact, it was the CCW Award that was brought out a hardcore side of Ring of Honor that hadn't been really seen on that level in the past, and it drew tremendous interest from both fan bases and created an R team versus their team dynamic. <clears throat> The WWE wishes they could have done with the brand extension. Like most wars, it began with a single confrontation that no one expected to balloon into what it became. Uh, the Ring of... And he, he, he kind of like, you know, recaps it here. Uh, but th this is just, just looking at how important this was. This guy in 2011 here is discussing this feud and how important it is on the sale of Sinclair, which now, 10 years later, we see where that has come out to. Um it was a huge part of independent wrestling history, and it was a giant part of Ring of Honor's history. It wasn't as long as certain angles and certain things, but I think the impact that it had for both companies and for independent wrestling in general, I think, was huge. Yeah, uh, in the article, the last three paragraphs, he kind of sums it up as well in there. Um, where he says, Ring of Honor has always been regarded as a place where you'd get... You'd get strong wrestling that you wouldn't find anywhere else, and nobody ever doubted the quality of the product. But the CZW feud really took the company to another level. The perception by Ring of Honor fans that these hardcore scrubs were invading their company and polluting it with their garbage brawls helped get the fans emotionally invested in the company as a whole rather than just ROH wrestler versus CZW wrestler as an individual feud. The CZW fans clearly regarded the Ring of Honor fans and style the same way and it translated to increased attendance for the duration of the feud. And that the fact that ROH's attendance in Philly has never hit the same level since the feud ended is a testament to how well it got over. Yeah, I mean, and so just got to recap what we talked about and our kind of like closing thoughts on this. This was a feud that did multiple things. It did bring an edgier, hardcore style to Ring of Honor. You tell some of these guys were having fun doing this. And Ring of Honor would continue to have style matches like that. It took CCW talents to put them more on a bigger platform, and some of them ended up getting opportunities with Ring of Honor, uh, like Chris Hero and others, uh, you know, not too long after this feud ended. Um, it it showed that companies can work together. It showed that egos can get put aside. And it's, I would say, arguably, it's the best invasion angle ever done, if you don't count the NWO's invasion angle. Yeah, uh, I think it's got a strong case there. Um, but yeah, so just for my, my fit, we wanted to cover this with Ring of Honor's future being very uncertain. I This is a huge key moment in Ring of Honor's history, uh, CZW's history as well. But I think it's something we had to talk about. I mean, look at the stars that were involved in this. And it was huge moments for Danielson and Homicide and Hero and, and Whitmer and Pierce. Uh, and many others that were involved with it. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, hopefully we see some, something like this again. It looks like we were going to get that with Game Changer Ring of Honor. But then everything happened with Ring of Honor. Um, I You're still kind of getting it. You're getting Grisham in defending the ROH title. Uh, in Game Changer, you have the Briscoes. Um, you're having a heavy influence. 
Um, Ring of Honor is being mentioned. Who knows uh, what will come out of that? Who knows what Ring of Honor will be like when it comes back? They could be more open to interpersonal feuds. I think that's probably their best option, especially to have that uh, forbidden door to be opened. Um, you've obviously it, it's it's helped that concept has helped impact in the last the last year year and a half. So that's definitely something that I think Ring of Honor could look at going forward into twenty twenty two. Yeah. So um, yeah. So there it was, folks. The Ring of Honor versus CZW angle. Uh, you know, it lasted uh, about seven months and it was a, uh, it was a huge angle for a lot of careers, huge angle for both promotions and something I don't think it's talked about enough in 2006 ring of honor needs to be talked about more just in general about how great of a year it was, uh, for that company. But, uh, um, with the final thoughts, make sure, Hey, if you like what you're listening, you're an independent wrestling fan, tell everyone about us, you know, RTI pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, rediscovering the Indies. Uh, and if you're interested in being a sponsor on the show, feel free to shoot us on social media or rediscovering these at gmail.com. Uh, we're definitely, uh, we've, we've definitely willing to take on, uh, new sponsors and we're, uh, we're very, we're very affordable <laughs> when yeah. it comes to, 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 to sponsorship rates there. Um, but yeah, uh, any final thoughts, Ash, before we wrap this up? No, uh, I think we pretty much hit it, uh, and then hit the nail on the head there. So, yeah, stay tuned to the social media for what we're going to cover in January and release date and everything. But uh, thanks for listening to us. Check us out. Of course, all the other podcasts on the BSCPB Radio Network Podcast Precinct. You can check me, Chris Gullo, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I believe Ref Ash on, uh, on the Twitter, right? Yes, Ash? Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, Ref Ash. And then uh, I will be, if you're hearing this before the first, I'll be at Excite Wrestling on the January 1st, as well as you, Jonathan Ash. And, uh, other than that, my January is pretty. I got an MMA gig on the 29th. I know you're full and chock full of uh, 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 of dates, but at least I'll be there the first, and I'll be doing MMA K4 fighting on January 29th. Yeah, uh, I got uh, got some stuff coming up. Uh, got some game changer stuff coming up. I'll be at the Hammerstein, probably helping out. Northeast Wrestling coming up. Um, yeah, it's just a full. January and February is getting uh, pretty full, too. All right, folks. So with that, we want to wish you a happy new year. Thank you for supporting independent wrestling and this independent wrestling history podcast.